Welcome, everyone. This is the DFS Bum. All right, we have Saturday night showdown slate here. Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills should be a awesome, awesome game. Before we get into the players real quick, if you're not yet subscribed to the channel, please do so. And also, I'll just check in with you guys real quick from last weekend. Uh, some okay news to report. Nothing like super crazy, but uh, Saturday, I think it was the first showdown slate, was able to take first place in that. Um, like I say, the, the lineup here, it's really not nothing really unique about it per se. Is a big tie, so it was only six hundred ninety-one dollars. Um, I think it was like forty thousand for first. If you didn't have any tie or something like that for the slate, this was an earlier slate. It wasn't the uh, later one, which usually has got the most money on the line. But it, it's got Lamar Jackson, Gostowski, Jobbins, uh, excuse me, Dobbins, Marquise Brown, and AJ Brown. Um, with Gostowski, he had missed uh, some of the games prior due to COVID. I want to say. So his price tag for a kicker on FanDuel was just insanely cheap. I want to say it was like six thousand. So, um, so I think a lot of people probably had him in, in these lineups. Thus, uh, there being a relatively bigger tie there. And then on Sunday, the Sunday night show showdown slate got first in that also huge tie there because I, I want to say like first was a hundred thousand dollars. And I, I mean, I think guys, it was like over two hundred people or some shit like that. Um, nothing really crazy there. Big Ben was MVP. You have Ebron, Kareem Hunt, Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And uh, like I say, that it was only 291 bucks. But hey, it's uh, it's still first place. I honestly don't even know if I made a profit on that one. It was because uh, usually I do my max entries. It might have been a break even. But um, the other day uh, on Saturday with the 760 that that one where it went 760 bucks. Uh, I think collectively that was probably almost like a thousand dollar profit just with other lineups I had. But anyhow, I'd just like to touch in with that with uh, with those real quick with you guys. So, all right, guys, let's get into the game here, and uh, we'll start off the quarterbacks. And I think probably here, this is where we're going to find our MVP at least on Fanduel between Allen and Lamar Jackson. I can see both of those guys having. She's probably like a good thirty five to forty percent ownership. Um, maybe even a little bit higher than that. And then it'll probably be sprinkled out amongst like Stefan Diggs and then some of the skill positions. But Allen and Jackson is probably, uh, like I say, where you're going to see most of the folks, especially on FanDuel, lock in on these guys. So with Allen, he's coming in at 17000 on FanDuel, 15600 on DraftKings. For the year, 25 points. It's a little bit tougher matchup for him. Going against the Ravens, they're fourth-ranked overall defense. They're ninth against opposing quarterbacks. Last five games, Allen has had 32 points, 20, 32, 38, and 19. So, like I say, uh, there's just a lot to like there. He's a little bit expensive, but that's to be expected, right? You know, just the caliber player that he is. And then from there, we got Lamar Jackson coming in right behind him. 16,500 on FanDuel, 16,100 on DraftKings for the year. It averaged about 23 points. A little bit slower to start the year off, in my opinion, you know, you know, based on last, say, last year's performance with Jackson. But he seemed to kind of turn it back around the last couple uh, months here. So with him, last five games, he's had 26 points, 25, 21, 30, and 35. So, again, there's a lot to like there. And the thing, too, with both these quarterbacks, with me, I mean – I 
I don't know. I might just say screw it and just really lock in on both of these guys because both of their ability just to run, um, they can throw get some points up that way as well, and that's kind of what makes them like maybe a little bit more unique just than your typical quarterback because um, these guys don't necessarily need to have a receiver go off. And in fact, um, I mean, it's not out of the question that you could have uh, one of those guys, either one of those guys in the MVP spot. Let's say like you have Allen and everybody else is like a Ravens player and vice versa with Jackson just simply because of the ability to run the ball. Whereas normally you'd have a stack, right, with the quarterback. You'd want like a pass catcher of some sort for him to be stacked with. Um, but I don't, and that's probably what will happen when it's all said and done with, but that's just what's so unique that neither one of these guys necessarily needs to have a receiver go off with their ability to run the ball. So from there, let's go and look at some of the guys are going to be throwing to. We'll start off the receiver. So we have Stefan Diggs just having a hell of a year. He's coming in at 14,000 on FanDuel, 20, uh, excuse me, 12,700 on DraftKings. And this is the guy I would probably hazard a guess that he'll be the third highest on MVP spot uh, for you guys that play on DraftKings with him being a little bit cheaper. Um, I definitely like that because they have the salary multiplier there. Uh, of course, all you guys that know that play know they're going to bump that salary up 50%. And so from there, that's where um, if you play both slates, like, you know, you could, I can see this being a pretty strong strategy if you're on FanDuel, maybe just locking in on the two quarterbacks. And then if you do DraftKings as well, maybe make the focus more on the skilled players there. Kind of hedge your bet a little bit. Um, so with Diggs for the year, 10 targets, about 16 and a half points. Last five weeks, he's been playing really well. He had 22 points, 11, 37, 20, and 24. So a lot to like there with him. And then from there, we have Marquise Brown. And uh, Marquise Brown was another guy, a little bit slow start to the year. You thought maybe he would just have this huge year, you know, kind of building upon a really strong rookie year that he had last year. And he had struggled um, a little bit in the beginning of the year, I guess in my mind versus the expectations I had for him. For the year, he'd average about six and a half targets, about nine and a half points. But then, like I say, if we go back here the last five games, you can really see uh, how he turned it around. So with him, his last five uh, performances, he had 16 points, 19, 11, 13, and 12. So you just just steady Eddie there uh, recently with his like I say with his performance. So that's a guy I like there um, on DraftKings with his with him being uh he's well he's twelve thousand on Fanduel and he's coming in at thirteen hundred less than DraftKings. So that's another guy that I view being a strong MVP candidate on DraftKings. Again with that salary multiplier and then with these guys I think Diggs and Marquise Brown I'll probably try to maybe throw those guys in a handful of my uh, my MVP spots on Fanduel. You know, like I say, most of it's going to be just between the two quarterbacks, but I'll try to probably sprinkle in some of these guys, and then I think that'll probably be it. Um, maybe a running back uh, or two, but uh, we'll talk about those guys a little bit. So moving down, down, you have Cole Beasley. He's coming in at 10,000 on FanDuel, 9,000 on DraftKings, average seven targets for the year, 11 points. Just a good, solid little slot receiver. It seems as of late, I don't know if it's because he's been banged up. I've noticed this last month, um, you know, going back into the regular season, it seems like he's been uh, like on that uh, questionable uh, list. And I think even two games ago, he might not even played. Last five games, his production, nine points and then zero. And like I say, that would have been the last game of the season. So I doubt he played. Then he had three points, 15 and seven. Um, uh, possibly an MVP candidate on DraftKings, I mean, like just simply because he's cheaper. Um, 
he's probably decent as anybody else as far as these lower price guys if you wanted to go down that road. Um, and then from there, we have John Brown, who I really don't know what the deal was last week. Um, I know he had been banged up for the year. He'd averaged about almost six targets, almost nine points. And he was active, but I don't know if he was just like emergency use or whatever. I don't remember seeing him on the inactive uh, list, but for whatever reason, he had zero points. Then he had 15 uh, in week 17. Zero points. I don't think he played in week 16. And then he had 10 and 14. But that might go, I don't even know if that was to end the season or what. Because I know he had been, it just seemed like he'd been banged up for a while. So kind of hard to know really exactly what's going on with him. Um, he is a decent deep threat. Like over the years, he's that has been a kind of a boomer bust player, like almost the epitome of it to some degree in my mind. Um, but uh, anyhow, he's there. He's just kind of an intriguing guy. I probably won't have a whole lot of him, but I don't know. I just have to wait until I get into lineups. Because for me personally, Gabriel Davis just seems to be like a safer bet. He's coming in at 9000 on FanDuel, uh, 7600 on DraftKings. For the year, about four targets, about seven and a half points. And if you go back with him, again, it's kind of one of those guys over the last uh, you know month to two months of the season. It's kind of like I think he's... He just really kind of hit his stride. So with him, if we go back the last five games, his points have been 11, 18, and he had five, three, and nine. So, I mean, he's not setting the world on fire in those cases, but he's certainly a guy to consider. And then from here, it's it just kind of more of, um, I don't even know if I'd really call it boom. It just seems more like bust potential to me. Um but nonetheless, it just takes one play, and they can easily be in that lineup. But that's guys like Willie Sneed. He's coming at 8,500 on FanDuel, 1,700 less on DraftKings. Average about three and a half targets, six points for the year. We go with him the last five uh, games. And, you know, I know he'd been banged up, but he had two points. And then uh, zero, I don't think he played. Three, zero, I'm pretty sure he didn't play. And then four. So really, uh, like, blah kind of performance there. Miles Boykins, uh, another receiver at the Ravens. He's eight uh, eight thousand on Fanduel, coming in at sixty two hundred on DraftKings. Two targets for the year, four points. We go back with him. Last week he didn't score at all. Then he had eleven, two, seven, and two. So if you get one of these guys and they get you, you know, eleven, you know, twelve, thirteen points, very easily could be in that top top lineup. But again, it's if you kind of look at it, it's like he's really just kind of shit the bed. Uh, basically 80% of the time with, with him only getting double digits once in the last uh, five weeks. And I'm almost certain he played last week. I just don't think he was really got involved or had a catch. Um, from there, uh, I guess to continue on the Raven guys, there's somebody like Des Bryant. Same thing with him. You know, he's 7,000 on FanDuel, 1,800 less than DraftKings. Didn't score the last couple of weeks. Then he had seven and eight points, and then he hadn't scored. I know he'd been banged up. I, like in one of those games, he he had that late uh, like COVID testing or something. That was really weird. Um, I can't remember the details now. It was maybe about a month or so ago. But anyhow, again, you can see him just being all over the place potentially. Um, Duvernay, same deal with the Ravens is another guy. Uh, 5,500, he's super cheap, but he's only scored three points collectively in the last five games. So for me, probably not in that player pool. And then rounding it out with uh, some of the other guys, potentially, uh, on the Buffalo side of the ball, maybe a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. You know, if all the receivers are healthy, he's pretty easy to fade. 
for the year, only two targets and five points. You, he did, though, just have a huge game, that last regular season game. He had 28 points, but before that, last week, zero points. Uh, and then I mentioned he had the 28 points, then five, one, and two. And I want to say that last game, it was probably because, uh, let's see that game. Uh, Gabriel Davis was playing. John Brown played, but I think Beasley missed that game. Let's see. Yeah, I don't think Beasley played that game. So, um, again, with McKenzie, if all the, like, if Davis and Brown, Beasley and Diggs are all healthy, it's pretty easy to maybe just flat out punt him and just be done with him. Um, but that is a guy to potentially consider as far as a lower option guy. And you imagine he's going to be a little bit lower owned. Um, which will make your lineup a little bit unique and then less likely to have like those ties that I was showing you there earlier where, you know, you don't even, you know, get a thousand bucks because the tie is uh, for first because the tie is so damn big. All right, let's take it over here to tight ends. We have Mark Andrews. He's coming at 11,000 on FanDuel, 9,400 on DraftKings. I like that uh, on DraftKings with him being an MVP candidate with that uh, price tag being lower. For the year, he'd average about six and a half points, or excuse me, six and a half targets and 10 points. We go back the last five games, he's had six points, five, 11, 15, and 10. Matchup for him is awesome going against Buffalo. They're 25th against opposing tight ends. So this guy right here, I think, is a really good solid candidate for DraftKings MVP. Again, because we have that salary multiplier. Me personally, um, usually on Fandle, that MVP is going to have uh, their raw points without the multiplier is almost always over 20. I just don't see Andrews probably having that much upside, but I do feel that given the matchup and given that he's two had two games below 10 points, that he's, he's in my mind, he's due to get a double-digit game. So uh, that's a guy right there. And then he's down to that price tag, too, where there's these guys, I kind of call them like the pivot plays that are like, maybe like nine, ten, eleven thousand dollars and they really are kind of like the guys that bridge the gap between like your superstars like Allen and Lamar Jackson, Stefan Diggs, and then and like I say, then they're the bridge between the guys like that are just really boomer bust like Isaiah McKenzie or John Brown or you know, some of these other like fourth or fifth receivers or even third receiver at times or like the backup running backs, things of that nature. So he's a guy that's one of those pivot plays that I think is a good guy that kind of bridges the gap between the high end guys and maybe possibly some lower end guys. Speaking of a lower end guy like Dawson Knox, for example, you could see him at 7,500 on FanDuel. He's coming in at only 5,600 on DraftKings um, for the year, about four and a half points, three and a half targets. But with him, he's just been a little bit more involved uh, recently. If we go back to the last five games, his production eight, four, seven, eleven, and three. So none of it's really like earth shattering per se, but nonetheless, there is he's definitely a target in that red zone uh, with the Bills, and that's just what he did last week. It was literally he had that touchdown, um, he got his six points there, and uh, and like a half a point on Fanduel for his reception. But outside of that, I didn't really do a whole lot. But um, he is targeted in there. He's a little bit cheaper guy. Um, probably one of the guys that I would say has as much upside once we get under that like $8,000 or $9,000 price tag. I think he's as good as an option as anyone. And then from there, they've got the other tight ends uh, with Buffalo. Um, and of course, there's a, like other tight ends too with, uh, let's just expand the player pool a little bit. I don't think they're really going to come into play. But 
there's guys like Eric Tomlinson and uh, Reggie Gilliam here with uh, Baltimore, but between those guys, like, shit. No points uh, between either one of those guys the last five weeks. They're not going to be in my player pool. Now, getting back here to Tyler Croft and Lee Smith with uh, Buffalo. Croft snuck in, um, and, man, it just it was so – there was a showdown slate, I remember. He had 10 points three games ago, and I was so damn thorough with mine in, like, the second string tight ends, like the fourth or fifth receiver receivers in that game, and I didn't put Lee Smith in there. And Son of a gun, the guy gets a touchdown. Uh, he was in the red zone, and then uh, later he ended up getting like a 20-yard reception. So he was in that top spot. Is What's the likelihood of that shit happening again? Who knows? But when, but I have noticed this because Buffalo, for whatever reason, seems like they've been a lot of showdown slates the last couple months. And son of a gun, man, like Lee Smith, uh, he's definitely getting targeted. when he gets, He's a potential guy to get targeted when they're down there and they're like first and goal basically or uh, they're within that 10-yard line. Uh, that they've got a little play where they'll bring in like two or three tight ends. And I've seen them do that uh, a couple different times uh, the last month or six weeks or so. Um, and so getting back to it, then there's Tyler Croft. And like I mentioned, that one game and Lee Smith uh, went had that 10 points. I did have Tyler Croft in a lot of my lineups. Unfortunately for him, he was on a little string where he was producing, but that dude, like shit, he hasn't even had a point the last five weeks. So not going to be in my player pool. Will Lee Smith, I don't know. I just have to wait till I start to build him and see if it's worth going down to that price tag. Probably not, but as you can see, that game, the guys that had him, like he was like 0.2% ownership or something like that, super low. And it wasn't that big of a tie. Um, and so that's where guys like this, particularly on FanDuel, if you're running with like Allen or Lamar Jackson, that uh, I've got a likelihood of one of those two is probably in my mind, like 90, 95% chance that they're going to be the high score. So again, you can see it leading to a lot of ties. So that is kind of like the, I guess the rationalization or maybe the thought process to take on like Lee Smith or some of these other little cheap guys and uh, partner them up with Jackson or Allen as the MVP. Um, just simply because they're not going to be heavily owned. Uh, and uh, even if they do shit the bed and they don't score any points, if you've got the four other players doing well and the MVP is the high score for the game, you, you know, you're not going to take first place, but you should definitely be in the money and cash out on something like that. All right, let's take a look at the running backs here real quick. I think we'll just go down to a three-player pool. We don't need to have four for the running backs. So I like uh, this spot. I think there's a little bit more clarity now uh, with it. Before, we'd had uh, just some unique rotation. So, all intents and purposes, it looks like J.K. Dobbins has really taken over the lead back with uh, the Ravens. Mark Ingram was inactive last week, so it's really more J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, where before it was kind of a three-man rotation. Uh, Dobbins, for the year, about nine carries, one and a half targets, about ten and a half points. If we go back with him... His production, 10 points, 28, 14, 15, and 13. We like all of that. He's only 12,500 on FanDuel, 12,000 on DraftKings. Matchup for him going against uh, Buffalo. They're 20th ranked against opposing running backs. So Dobbins is another guy on DraftKings where you got the salary multiplier. I think he's a good, strong MVP candidate. Um, just could see him being in a lot of lineups on uh FanDuel uh of course and then pretty decent price tag too uh I feel so from there 
Then we go down to Devin Singletary, 11,500 on FanDuel. He's coming in at 10,300 on DraftKings for the year, about 10 carries, three targets, eight points. What I like about Singletary is uh, look like Zach Moss is on the injured reserve is done for the year before those guys had, uh, you know, or to some degree kind of splitting the snaps uh, the last, you know, four, six, four to six weeks of the season. Um, and so with Moss being out now, it's like in my mind, like Singletary is going to be more of that main guy. And so I really like his potential matchup. Uh, going against uh, the Ravens. They're 11th against opposing running backs. So, I mean, it's not, of course, not as good as what Dobbins has, but it's not uh, like tough as some of the matchups that are going on right now. Like, say, like the guys that might play in the Rams or some of these other teams that are like the number one ranked defense. So, Dobbins and Singletary like both those guys quite a bit. And then Edwards, too, again, given the matchup and uh, the favorable matchup that the running backs have, uh, Edwards is a guy I could see being in a lineup and uh, and especially having Edwards and Dobbins, like I definitely would not oppose to playing those guys together. Um, So for the year, Dobbins, nine carries, about one target, seven and a half points. We go back with him. The last five games, he had four points, eight, 13, nine, and 18. So at this point, he is a guy that I won't probably be super, super heavy with him. I think to some degree, they were kind of just, they really want to keep the running backs fresh throughout the season. But now that we're kind of in like either you win or you go home, they're not really maybe worried about keeping these guys as fresh as much. So to some degree you could see, you know, maybe just dropping Edwards out of the player pool. I don't think I'll do that, but um, it's not crazy if, uh, especially if you're only going to do a couple lineups uh, and you like to work with a small player pool, it'd be a guy that would be pretty easy to drop out. Um, Ingram, he didn't even play last week, so I don't think he'll be in my player pool. And then here's the guy, though, that might be your sneaky guy is TJ Yeldon. Um, given because here's the thing it's like he came in, it's probably, yeah, I was gonna say he came in uh, and vultured a touchdown and a blowout win. I want to say maybe middle of the season or the last two thirds of the season. And uh, I think that might have been a game where Zach Moss was out. I think Moss have been banged up a couple games or something like that. Um, he's only five grand on FanDuel and forty three hundred on DraftKings. So this is like maybe the dark horse guy because you know like with Singletary they're not going to have him in there for hundred percent of the snaps. And Yeldon might come a, you know come in there and get a, you know maybe a handful of plays here or there. Uh, I wouldn't bet the farm on it, but again he's so cheap and if he comes out and just shits the bed, you're going to be able to buy up and get such good players that. Um, as long as you've got the MVP candidate, the high score of the MVP candidate, you can still easily cash on those lineups, even if he doesn't score a point. You see it happen all the time, or I have in the past. Um, so from there, let's just go to the kickers, and we'll round it out. you got Justin Tucker and Tyler Bass. Both these guys, I think, can come into play. Uh, typically, you don't see two kickers in the winning lineup, even though we've seen it at least once, maybe twice this year. Uh, I never had seen it in the past with these guys. I don't think I'd necessarily do that, but um, you never know. It might it might end up being that way. Um, ultimately, though, I guess what I do is just try to stack the kicker with other people on that team, um, at least uh, two other players even. And sometimes I'll do like, uh, like, like the quarterback and then a pass catcher in, uh, like, say, for Tucker. 
You'd have Lamar Jackson, maybe like Marquise Brown, Dobbins, Tucker, and then just throw whoever's going to fit there salary-wise that will fit from Buffalo, things like that, and vice versa. Same thing with Tyler Bass. But usually when I had the kicker, um, I usually try to at least get a couple of the uh, same players on the same team because I figure if the kicker goes off, they're going to have to be moving the ball to some degree, and that means like some of these players are going to have to do something as far as them just to get these kickers uh, a shot to be able to – make their field goals and whatnot. And um, I guess last thought on it is, uh, at least I, I think this is the case on DraftKings, but I know on FanDuel, if it's like, uh, I think it's over 40 yards, you get four points, it's over 50, you get five. Tucker's just got a fucking monster leg. Uh, I think most of you guys probably know that. So you do like Tucker's ability to uh, come in there and maybe throw up some points for the year. He'd average about nine points. Tyler Bass about 11. So Again, with their price tags that they're at, 9000 for Tucker, 85 for Bass. That's on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Those are guys you could definitely see. Um, you know, Basically, if you get anybody under 9000 or under, if they can give you double-digit points, there's a pretty strong likelihood that's, that's going to be in like the winning lineup. And as you can see with these guys' production, um, they both have that capability. And I might maybe make an exception. Like normally, I don't play the two kickers that together all that much, but... I could maybe see myself um, maybe uh, deviating from that script a little bit for this game just because uh, both these offenses are pretty solid. we got the ability to move the ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, I could just see that happening where both the kickers might end up throwing you a 10, 11 points, something like that. So, all right, guys, that is pretty much it for now. I hope you go out and kick some ass. I've already got the Saturday main slate video out, so you can check that out. And then I'll start working on the uh, Sunday slates here in uh, the next day or two. So uh, go out, kick some ass, guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.